Welcome to Bright Now, a podcast about parenting and educating talented kids, sponsored by the Johns Hopkins Center for Talented Youth. I'm your host, Jonathan Plucker, the Julian C. Stanley Endowed Professor of Talent Development at CTY and Johns Hopkins University. The podcast gets lots of requests for information about parenting. So today we're talking with one of the world's experts on parenting gifted children and homeschooling. Jennifer Jolly is a professor of gifted education and director of the Gifted Education and Talent Development Office at the University of Alabama. Her experience with gifted education spans over 25 years, beginning as a public school classroom teacher and curriculum director. She has held faculty positions in gifted education at Louisiana State University and the University of New South Wales in Sydney, Australia. Dr. Jolly is a member of the Board of Directors of the National Association for Gifted Children and co-editor of the Journal for the Education of the Gifted. She has published numerous articles, chapters, and books on parents of gifted children, homeschooling gifted and advanced learners, and the history of gifted education. Jen, thank you for joining us on Bright Now. Oh, well, thanks very much for having me. I'm happy to be here. So, Jen, uh, we are obviously living in very challenging times, to put it mildly. Um, I had told you when we tested yesterday, we'd discuss parenting first, but I'm mixing things up a little bit. I think since homeschooling is kind of the new norm for families, we should probably dive into that first, if you don't mind. Yep, no problem. It's really appropriate. (laughs) Yeah, as my family is learning, very appropriate. So, I mean, really, just if we could start at sort of the 30,000-foot level, What do we really know about homeschooling bright students? Not a lot. So I know that's not very um, comforting, but the research and the understanding of gifted kids or advanced learners in homeschooling really is an emerging body of literature. But what we do know is that it's probably one of the faster growing subpopulations within the greater homeschooling community. And that Parents typically have chosen to homeschool really after they've really exhausted all of the other possibilities in terms of schools for their kids, whether it be in public or private schools. So homeschooling really is not a first choice like it might be for some other groups of um, families. That's fascinating. So Colin Seal was the guest during the last episode. And as we got into it, he started talking about his daughter's situation. So he has a seven-year-old, very academically advanced daughter. And he said that one thing that really fascinated him now that he's actively homeschooling is how quickly she moved through what she needed to do every single day. So rather than sitting in school for seven hours, he said, you know, it's obvious in hindsight, but at the time it really surprised him. And I think we're all experiencing this now that a bright student can do a lot of the day's work in a much shorter period of time, which then I would imagine would really open up for extra sort of opportunities, right? Right, definitely. And we just collected a huge amount of data in cooperation with Duke TIP and the parents that access those programs to supplement their homeschooling curriculum and programming. But one of the things we found out from that group of parents, which were about 850 respondents, was that being able to advance through the curriculum as quickly or as in-depth as they want or the child or children wanted to or needed to was one of the reasons that 
they turned to homeschooling and also one of the reasons why some of them would say that it would be very hard to go back to traditional schooling for them because now they have the flexibility and the freedom to accelerate as quickly as the kids are ready. And with as much pushback sometimes as parents receive in terms of wanting to accelerate their kids in traditional school systems, I think they find it really refreshing. Now, you made me think, as you were saying that, you made me jump ahead to one concern that I've heard from parents who have been considering it is that, yeah, it's going to be great in fourth grade, but what happens in middle school? What happens in high school? Mm-hmm. Will my child still be able to get into a good college, et cetera? I don't believe we have great data on that, right? But I mean, anecdotally, it happens all the time. So, I mean, do we have data on that yet? Is it starting to emerge? We don't, within gifted kid population, we don't have a lot of data about that. In the more general homeschool population, there is some evidence to suggest that there's not really an issue of going from homeschooling to post-secondary education, and that there's a little bit of research to even suggest that maybe homeschoolers do better, but there's also some research coming out now saying that because the content does get more in-depth and beyond a lot of parents' expertise, that a lot of these kids do go back to high schools where that more in-depth advanced content is available. More interestingly, I find, though, is that as And I will say that the general homeschool community has done a lot in terms of advocacy work. And so now they work with state legislators and legislative bodies to be able to provide legislation to allow homeschool kids to access public school activities, interscholastic activities, and sports. And now more academic opportunities are coming open to them. So in some states at high school, you can access two high school courses while you're being homeschooled. So I find that a little bit ironic, but circling back to your original question, there doesn't seem to be a lot of issue. And even a lot of universities now today have early entrance programs. I know University of Alabama, we have one and where you can duly take classes while you're still doing your high school coursework and then do some of it through our early access office. So there are a lot of opportunities in in that realm. I wonder, you got me thinking sort of about how do you supplement if you're a homeschooling family, homeschooling parent? And I do wonder if being, we're essentially educating the first generation of true digital natives now, right? So, I mean, that's got to make a difference. I remember when my daughter, who's a freshman in college now, when she first came to us in high school and said, I want to take high school math online. I stereotypically, of course, thought back to her on, you know, a Macintosh computer (laughs) with boring text, bored out of her mind, essentially doing worksheets online. And she very quickly convinced me that, like, no, she was used to learning online. And online courses are so much more dynamic now. And I just realized, wow, this actually is a generational thing. Like, this stuff is all relatively new to lots of us who are parents, but to kids who are are even in middle school today, they've never known a world where they weren't learning online. 
Oh, definitely. I mean, I even had a conversation with my son the other night, who's a senior at the university, but he said, oh, well, you know, I was really excited when my instructor put a YouTube influencer on the curriculum for us to listen to. And I was like, what is a YouTube influencer, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So it is very second nature for them. And the internet fundamentally changed homeschooling. And that's what's allowed for a lot of the growth in that community. Because I think even gifted homeschooling families feel a little bit ostracized in the general community. I mean, in some work we've done with parents, they've expressed that, you know, in the general homeschool community, nobody really wants to hear about how advanced their kid is. So the internet has allowed them to build communities online where they can help each other figure out what on the internet is appropriate and what isn't appropriate, where to find other resources. So the internet really turned that schooling option sort of on its ear a little bit because now if you do need advanced content, you can pretty much find it on the internet. They use Khan Academy, the Johns Hopkins courses kids can access like your daughter did, all of that. So learning online is nothing for them. But it does beg the question to me sometimes is, is it really homeschooling? Yes, it's taking place in the home, okay, but the content and the pedagogy really are being driven by places outside the home. That's a fascinating question that had never occurred to me. It really does kind of beg the question of, is this just what education is going to look like moving forward? You go to school for a few hours, you do this course at home, you take this course on your phone on the weekends, and it just, I guess I'm thinking that education is sort of finally catching up, and maybe this crisis pushes us even faster in that direction with sort of the rest of this highly networked world where you don't you don't go sit at your desk to work anymore, right? Like you work here, you work there, you work in the coffee shop, you download things. And I, I just wonder if learning is going to look like that where um, like even our kids' kids are going to look back and say, wait, you made people go and sit in a building for seven hours a day? What What were you guys thinking? Why didn't you use the internet? Why didn't you take online classes? And I don't know. Do you have any, any thoughts about that? Well, I think a lot of schools are already using a lot of internet available content to supplement the school day, right? So it's sort of infused that way, but I don't think people see it the same way coming from the home going into the school. So it's sort of a natural, oh, let's take advantage of what technology has to offer us within the school, but being at home, using technology and going into the school seems to be a different mindset for people. One, that they're not really quite willing to accept, except I think that now, given the situation we're in contextually, I think people are going to start thinking of schooling in a really different way. And just thinking about talent development, the homeschool partnership, I don't know that there's a lot of cross-conversation about here's what we're doing at home to support talent and here's what we're doing at school. And maybe those two need to converge a little bit more if we're looking at talent development and the trajectory and what that plan looks like. And I think that homeschooling can be really helpful in that because that's also a reason people give for homeschooling is that it 
allows a more flexible schedule. So if you have a kid who is, you know, a top flight gymnast or is a very talented musician and is touring, homeschooling becomes an available educational option for them. That's a great point. It obviously produces such amazing flexibility. We have a few minutes left here. We started at sort of the 30,000-foot level. We're kind of at ground level now. There are a lot of parents out there who would love to know if there are certain homeschooling strategies. Like, what sort of advice do you have for parents who may be one or two years into it or one or two days into it? <laughs> yeah, and I've heard parents describe it like drinking from a fire hydrant. You know, it's just coming at you and what do we do? And I think really it goes back to listening to your child and understanding their interests and their abilities. And then there's not one real answer. And that's the great thing about homeschooling, right, is that it provides the flexibility, it provides a lot of options. And at this point, it maybe seems like too many options. So there are some really good homeschool bloggers out there in the gifted sphere. And they've done a lot of work in trying to go through the curriculum and sort of review it and provide some resources also in terms of here's what you can do, here's what you shouldn't do, and they've also used their blogs as sort of a lesson plan book in some way and to keep track of what their child has accomplished or achieved over a certain amount of time. And I think that's important as well is to, it's sort of like, here's our baseline, where do we want to go, how are we going to get there? And I think for a lot of people who are homeschooling advanced kids, it's really driven by their interest and their ability. And that's where I I would start if I had a gifted kid right now, I was homeschooling. Those are the two places I would start. Let's finish with what would you advise to bright students who are homeschooling for the first time? Are there some things that they should keep in mind as they kind of dive into this if some of them don't have experience with it? I think it's good to sort of in the beginning have a schedule and have a place that's dedicated to the work they're going to do and then really they become a much bigger decider in their own education at this point. And it's really forging a relationship with your parent in a new way and with your child in a new way, because now not only you're the parent, but you're the teacher, facilitator. And then as the advanced student, you need to communicate these things to your parent teacher in a way that is good for everybody. And I, that's, when we were interviewing parents, that was some of the initial kind of feedback we got was, these are new roles for both entities in the home. And getting through those first couple of months, maybe, or weeks of now, here are our different roles in the house. And these are the ways I'm going to express them. That is great advice. And that's where we're going to leave it for now. Uh, Jen, thanks so much for spending time with us today. Oh, no problem. It was a lot of fun. I'll be sure to include lots of helpful links from Jen. As she mentioned, lots of different uh, resources, blogs, websites, when I put together the show notes for this episode. See you in the next episode. That's it for this episode of Bright Now. Tell us what topics you'd like to see covered in future episodes by emailing your suggestions to brightnowpodcast at gmail.com. If you enjoy Bright Now, 
Support us by sharing the podcast with friends on social media, and be sure to subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes. Thanks for listening. Right Now is produced by Jonathan Pucker, Tracy Guerin, and Trisha Schellenbach. Audio production by Iris Starkangelo and the team at Clean Cuts, a Three C's company. Our score was written by Austin Coughlin from Noise Distillery. Special thanks to CTY's Interim Executive Director, Amy Shelton. Bright Now is underwritten by the Johns Hopkins Center for Talented Youth, a nonprofit dedicated to identifying and developing the talents of academically advanced students worldwide. Find us on the web at cty.jhu.edu and on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.